0: Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming to you from SideQuest studios this is the Simpsons Index. Hello out there, I'm your host, Elliot J. neil and joining me here as always, except when he's not his BT calloway No, uh, hoi hoy. And joining us uh for the very first time is Amelia Novasquez. Hello! And thank you for joining us for The Simpsons Index. Of course, it's a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there is a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Now, mm. Amelia, thank you for joining us for the first time on the show.
1: Oh, what an honor! <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've made it all the way to honor. Excellent. And for our first-time guest, uh, you guys, uh, you get some exclusive questions uh, that's not afforded to the repeated people. Uh, so uh, we want we want to dig in and we want to ask: What is your Simpsons history? Where did the show begin with you?
1: I think I've got the probably the quintessential '90s kid experience, where you're watching it like 6 p.m. Channel 10 um, every single night and. Mm-hmm. I think also I used to watch it on Saturdays at my dad's place when they used to do the three hour runs of it on Saturday morning, nine till 12. And because I was just a dirty little gremlin kid, I would then (laughs) rewatch it on Fox two as if I hadn't just (laughs) rewatched those episodes like two hours beforehand. I was like, I'm going to miss out on some details. It's not like I was watching yeah. The Wire or anything. No.
0: <laughs> oh, that rules! Yeah, the um Channel Ten and the Fox marathons are yeah often people's beginning points, but mm-hmm. where is the ending point though? Where did you fall off from the show? Assuming you have,
1: yeah, no, I think I'm I'm like the normal experience where like I feel like I dropped off after like maybe season ten or twelve. Mm. Also, when I can't remember what the exact point was, I think when the cartoons got a little too glossy and like Homer Mm. and Marge's marriage was the main through line. I was like, I'm like 18. I don't really associate too much with like a failing 40 year old's marriage. Like the writers need (laughs) to sort of step up a bit. So yeah, I think that was the the drop off point.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Do you happen to, uh, so yeah, you don't really remember any particular episodes that rubbed you the wrong way or anything or just like, yeah, I'm over this now
1: yeah i think it was like a sort of a gradual fall from grace it wasn't Mm -hmm. like it wasn't like there was a specific moment where i was like fuck this shit i'm tapping out i just had lost fell slowly out of love with it it was like Mm. a burning long-term relationship with someone (laughs) living in france and then um you're like we can make this work and then you're like no 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 it has to end yeah
2: it's like a tired 40 year old marriage of its own
3: making
1: (laughs) yeah and i think the in the in jokes like within the universe of the simpsons Mm -hmm. just became a bit tired for me they started relying so much on all of the tropes of the characters from what i loved about them in the earlier seasons but they didn't build on it and it became mm -hmm. really like gimmicky and gaggy for me and it just took all the heart out of the show for me which is a real shame because it was probably one of my favorite shows growing up
0: yeah absolutely um that is pretty much how we feel and yeah we've got over <laughs> 600 episode reviews and it's like yep yeah, we can confirm that um yep but uh I mean looking back fondly onto the good years you know um do you revisit the show much at all uh the early days or
1: yeah I think uh maybe once a year or every now and then, like I'll do a bit of a deep dive into the earlier Mm. seasons. And I don't know, I think just off the top of my head, probably one of my favourite ones is the one where Homer gets convicted of being like a sexual predator with -hmm. the Venus gummy DeMilo. And there's like a whole media storm that's just building around him. And just the image of Homer Simpson, like lying on the ground (laughs) of his bathroom with the (laughs) tiles and just has like a shower curtain draped over his naked body and the press just taking photos is probably one of my favourite scenes of the yeah. entire series, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, that scene as well, because sometimes I'll let my mum use my Zoom login and for the longest time, <laughs> that image of Homer was my profile picture. And <laughs> she kept logging into these Rotary meetings and like having other old people go, uh... Ma, uh, <laughs> it was about to out her name. Um, yeah. Anyway. Elliot's mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how they refer to her. Mm-hmm. I don't think she care. Hi, sir. Um, anyway, uh, well, BSB
1: le- two one oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you for letting me subject you to some uh, New Simpsons today. Like this first episode we watched. This was season twenty six, episode three. Super franchise me. First released in October of 2014, directed by Mark Kirkland, written by Bill Odenkirk. In this episode, Marge gets discovered as a amazing sandwich maker, and then a businesswoman offers her a franchise, which Marge starts getting some success with, and then Cletus opens up an express version of that same franchise across the road from her. Hey all what do we think? What's a third act? <laughs> Like, ah, uh, man, like
2: this, one, this one had some potential. I was kind of excited, especially in the first, like, segment where, you know, Marge gets to sub it as a sandwich maker and is going to open up her own business. Like, cool, Marge, a businesswoman. I mean, I'm on board. Mm. And then they just didn't know what to do with it.
1: Yeah, I feel like they could have gone down. I would have loved to see Marge's, like, hashtag girl boss mm-hmm. doing the sandwich shop. That yeah. would have been, like, a sick direction if she's, Girl bossing, smashing out these sandwiches with Cletus across the road. But she goes for like the hardcore, you know, corporate Mm. capitalist type where she just automates everything. Like she just goes full automation nation. It it fell flat. I agree.
0: Yeah. I was so bored by this one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Didn't she also have like a pretzel shop in in like a really early season? I felt like it was a bit of a a rip off of that.
0: Tiny bit. Yeah, she's buying into a franchise and mm. um, struggling to have success, and then she has it. Except, yeah, that one had steaks and the mafia involved, and was like they're, a lot of fun. They were pretzels,
2: <laughs> Elliot, not steaks.
0: Uh, ah, self five. <laughs> For those of you at home, Beach totally self-fived himself.
2: Oh, they can hear that. They can hear the satisfaction in that clap.
0: <laughs> Thanks to Rody Mike. Never miss another self-five again.
2: It's a uh, sure. Come on, guy.
0: Fuck. All right. Well, enough Mike talk. Uh, let's get back to <laughs> Simpsons talk. Amelia, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment from this episode that stood out to you?
1: Oh, there weren't many. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I liked the scene where Marge was interviewing for the employees to start working there, and Mm. there are three employees that she interviews. The first one is Old Gil, who is kind of just, you know, being Old Gil, unemployed, on and off the job. The second one is, you know, quintessential. Shana. Yeah. Yeah, Shana. Yeah, was it Shana? Shana. And she just wanted to get manicures and was eventually seen Stealing from the till, and she gets employed. But the third one was weirdly Professor Frank, yeah. who was a is like the scientist with a nervous tick. But I like how he says at the end, "Back to the uh, unemployment queue," and I feel like that was the greatest truth in the whole series. <laughs> that you know, a scientist has the highest likelihood of being unemployed right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Like, yeah, I was like, oof. what an odd choice. And it's like, I did hate how that was set up, though. It's like, now, Frank, can you say this one sentence without saying anything else? It felt very mm. like, this is was, exactly what's about to happen.
1: It was so gimmicky because that wasn't hmm. the funny part for me. Like, the funny part for me was that a scientist has the same socioeconomic status right now as like a teenage mum and like an out-of-work lawyer because like I saw a plumber the other week around King's Cross driving a Porsche like just blasting R&B and I was like Mm -hmm. yeah he earned that
2: (laughs) no matter what the economy does there is still shit to handle Mm. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. but how about you BT what stands out to you from this episode for better or worse
2: Again, in terms of plot beats, not many. So I'm going to throw to two because I can. Uh, one was the music sting for Ecstasy of Gold, which mm. I love that song. I'm not sure why they were using it.
0: Like, Yeah, the montage of Homer waiting by while Marge makes the sandwiches, Like she couldn't give him a sandwich while she was, I don't
2: know. I I don't know. It was just like, this is, you know, most famous for being in the final standoff scene in the good, the bad and the ugly. What does it have to do with making sandwiches? So like, I love the, I love the song. It's amazing. But why is it here? Or opening Uh, up Metallica
0: concerts. Also that. That's what they use as their walk-on music.
2: It's very good. Uh, and the other one is a bit I did genuinely like. And uh, I'm just going to throw it ahead a, a bit to the heart of this episode where, you know, Marge is worried about tomorrow, and wakes up Homer and he starts off being supportive, but halfway through forgets what he's doing and assuming Marge is meant to be supporting him. He goes, yeah. I feel better now. Thanks. nice. <laughs> 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 I thought that was pretty good.
0: Fucking wallops him one, though, to when she wants him to wake up again, though. Jeez. Well, you, you would
2: have to, let's say. He'd, he'd be a heavy sleeper.
0: Yeah, uh, as one myself, I've, I've woken up to many. S Max is like, what?
2: I used to live with you. I know you're a goddamn heavy sleeper. We once set up a guitar and amp next to your head to wake you up. <laughs>
0: oh, dear. Yeah,
1: the uh, other one was The Sting. I feel like all of the references these days in the newer episodes just also are quite lacking for me like i feel like yeah. i used to really enjoy the novelty of being able to pick out a stephen king
3: mm.
1: reference or what have you and even if they didn't make sense in the context of the show they still were like enjoyable to watch but i felt like yeah. i agree it felt just really vague as to why it was mm. there it was almost like the writers were just sitting around there was like pieces of paper in a hat and they're like what reference are we going to do today
2: Mm -hmm. yeah because usually they like to feel a little bit clever but ah i get that well done writers (laughs) carry on
0: yeah that's Uh, it the best simpsons reference joke is one where the episode totally works regardless of you being familiar with it previously mm -hmm. and like i feel like i mean not that it matters but usually but the couch gag as well doing the whole oh yeah uh, what the fuck was that it was a big reference to Cat Stevens' album "T for Tillerman," and it's just. Oh.
1: Okay,
2: I have that album. I didn't know the reference. <laughs> I,
1: I also have that album, and I didn't recognize that. I thought mm. because I had issues with my internet that I had maybe skipped two minutes in, and then I saw the couch gag, and I just thought, "Whoa, it's been a long time since I've watched this show." Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: If you left at season ten, it's been sixteen years.
0: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> No, it, I mean, it's hard to criticize the couch gags too much, because, I mean, they are meant to be gags, but the n- newer episodes just, yeah, do these whole I, giant extended things, which well, is just...
2: It wasn't bad, it was just, I wasn't sure what to take from it. it I mean, the visual change was nice, but again, what are we doing exactly?
0: Yeah. And sort of similarly for me as well. The thing that stood out to me was the final sting. The sandwiches yeah. throughout history. Like I thought we were going to get like a clever like cut of like different sandwiches throughout history, but yeah. we just got this one extended slow Homer chasing a giant sloth bit. And I know, and it wasn't even it was over. So the, tedious. It wasn't
2: even over the credits. It was like this did, mm. episode didn't have enough episode to cover the full stretch. They needed to tack on this little sketch that meant nothing to it. It was like guys come on
3: yeah I,
1: I totally agree it was almost like they had the budget to do a 2001 odyssey styled mm-hmm. evolution thing and then they ran out of budget for like <laughs> 10 minutes in, and they're like oh, okay that's enough yeah. evolution for you okay here's the credits
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is weird because yeah if they had the time you know because the episode came in short yeah, uh, but yeah, they just really stretched it out as much as they could.
1: You know what I didn't get? Another thing was why Mr. Burns was mm. just a random character in the towards the end of the show and the fact that he's needlessly senile now.
3: Yeah. Like yeah.
1: my my love for Mr. Burns as a character is that he's witty and he's conniving and he's old, but mm. he's got all this wisdom behind him and he's kind of you know senile at times but the fact that he was that just not yeah. with it felt really it's, sad it's yeah. always
2: been more that he's just massively out of touch because he only yeah. knows the era when he was you know powerful and here he's just thinks a cardboard cutout is a real woman and yeah he's got some funny lines i do like when it fell down and he goes sorry you died hmm. then there's the follow-up of uh i'll just put her with the others like oh that got dark
0: yeah, and dumping the body and stuff. like Yeah, um, and then,
2: okay, the dumping the body is where I really turned on this part, because he says, you know, Smithers is like, uh, sir, I think we've gone far enough to dump the body. He's like, oh, dump the body? No, I'm pitching woo. It's like, is your implication here that Mr. Burns is now flirting with a corpse?
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Or at least
2: what he thinks is a corpse. That said, I did then like when he tried to play harmonica and launched himself off the boat. Sure. So, <laughs> mi- mixed bag altogether.
0: A good old joke about Mr. Burns only weighing as much as his clothes and keys, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I think it comes back to what you were saying before, Amelia, is that a lot of these characters are reduced down to Mm -hmm. more gimmicky elements.
1: Yeah. I just would have loved to see more dimensions to Marge within Mm. that entire episode. Like, I just felt like she was playing the character of I'm the tired mother who has to think about my husband after he dies and the fact that I'm not going to be financially secure. So I'm going to fall to a scam and I'm going to be tired afterwards and my husband's going to have to help me. It's like, come on. I just would have loved to see it go in pretty much any direction. Like why not get help from Lisa throughout Mm, it? Or mm -hmm. why not have as many kids as cletus so you can have your own (laughs) farm of children to run the store i don't know
2: that is why you have children for the neighbor
1: well i mean which sandwich store was doing better one was called express so
0: (laughs) and was serving roadkill to their customers like i just don't get how that wasn't more of a point in the thing that but i feel like the story in this one just sort of Because the plot beats happened because in a story like this, they would happen, but Mm -hmm. it didn't feel like there was any reason behind all this. There's no real reason why Marge starts doing well. And... Like, it's not even explained that, oh, Marge she starts- is doing well now. Let's open up another location here. you No, know? she starts
2: it's- doing well because she's not paying for labor. Oh, uh, yeah, true. <laughs> but again, that wasn't a point. That was just a yeah. thing that happened.
1: And that's what the lesson of the whole episode is, is that JobKeeper rules yes. and <laughs> people should never pay for labor and we should all be interns forever.
0: Yay, Yay. capitalism. Yay. Um, wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons? How were the cartoony elements?
2: I got some whack here. Um, yeah? Homo using just balloons as drones and then an eagle snatches Lenny's sandwich.
0: I did pop for that. That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: Gil's real legs are chicken legs. And mm. what the fuck? Please, please don't. Please stop, Simpsons.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there was a subtle joke about the implication that Marge has webbed feet, like way back when. But yeah, overtly showing a man with chicken legs, like I'm not a well man, Marge. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> was there a hallucination as well at the beginning of the episode where they Homer looks at the family and Marge uh, like an yeah. ice cream cone?
0: Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> Like, Grandpa's asking him to get buttered or, like, what? Yeah, because he's a
2: potato, and then when the illusion isn't a potato, he's still asking for butter, and you're like, but why? That's dumb. It pulls
1: me out of the world so Uh. much when they do that, that I just want to be in that room where they're writing the episode, and I want to see the guy that pipes up and he's like, hey, what if we, (laughs) like, make Mods look like an ice cream cone? And they're like, yeah, dude, like that would be awesome. It just makes no yeah. sense to me yeah. how that gets scripted in in the uh, final pass.
2: It yeah. makes more sense if you think of them as all college stoners. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's so funny. We're putting that in. I want an ice cream. I'm going to yeah. call it Marge.
0: So how about the emotional core of this episode? How was the heart? You know, uh, classic Simpsons, they could balance the cartoon and the emotions mm. well. This is a story about Marge starting and trying her own business. How was it?
2: I mean, lacking, and it should have been because, again, it's Marge really trying, and there is a moment where she feels successful, but because, okay, so Cletus opens opens up the other store, the implication is that it's actually corporate who have opened another branch right next to Marge, that's undermining her sales, so it should be, oh no, we've opened this thing and now all our finances are tied into it, and if we give up, we're ruined, but they don't do that, it's just, oh no, we're kind of stuck, we don't have any customers, it's like, but again, there's no stake.
1: I felt the same. There was just no stakes at play, and I think they, if they were going to drive a particular point, I think the the point it would have been for me was that crisis moment where they all had to come together as a family, and it was almost mm. like the Cletus family versus the Simpsons family, and, I mean, they all did kind of band together, but it was in a very gimmicky montage sequence way where it almost artificially tried to create the emotion for me and yeah up until that point there was nothing but you know gag 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 thin storyline maybe the po- point of marge like the reason why she got the whole franchise in the first place could have been driven a little bit more as like mm. why she was fearful to not have finances in the future and then homer coming in or something like that but yeah i think they just didn't do anything to make the family unit feel cohesive which is what made it so special for a lot of people in the 90s and early 2000s yeah,
0: yeah th- that's it and that emotional core was so lacking in that way where i think they almost had like the right parts at the end with like homer's like losing weight because he's running himself mm. so ragged and marge is driven to Mo's for once i think yes these are good ideas but like if we had the build-up of the story before that like yeah Otherwise, yeah, it just did nothing, but, I mean, there's not really much entertaining jokes here either, so, I don't know, this whole thing just had a big feeling of, what are we doing here for me?
2: Yeah, I mean, we've said this multiple times about some of the latter seasons, this just feels like the first draft of a script. The, mm. the very core bones are fine, but there's just not enough on it to really matter. There's, there's bread, but there's no filling.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just a bread sandwich. But ultimately, did it feel like a episode of The Simpsons? Are these the characters we know and love? How's the integrity of the show?
1: Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> For me, absolutely not. I think even when I go back and watch something from season four or season seven or whatever, I, I get this weird, un um, I can't, uh, inexplainable feeling when you watch it where you just believe all of the characters. You see yourself mm. in all of them. Mm. And I didn't see my faults and i didn't see any relatability to any of the characters i saw them very much as two-dimensional gags and Mm. i just felt like i was watching not a cartoon network show but like a kid's cartoon if anything where it was very plastic
2: yeah very simple so you don't confuse the youngins yeah, yeah. I, mean, I don't think there's any. Okay, Mr. Burns is definitely against character, and there's a moment with Lisa where Marge is like, "Oh, my family can help me." and Lisa's like, oh, "What an American kid work? No, it's like that's not Lisa at all."
0: No, she'd be yeah. worried and yeah, helpful. Yeah, exactly.
2: And um, if, if if this wasn't ground we'd already trod with Marge and the pretzel wagon, uh, I would be a little more well. Okay, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't like it more, but at least it would feel fresher. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Back to you,
0: (laughs) Well, I I didn't... Yeah, besides the ones you mentioned, I didn't think there were some serious breaks, but yeah, it is just so watered down and just inconsequential that, yeah, Yeah. it then doesn't feel like the show we love, even if the characters are okay, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Um, we've seen
2: Homer do a lot of horrendous things lately, so it was nice to see him be supportive, but if he's working so hard at this, you know, Marge's place that he's losing weight, surely there should be something about him... You know, leaving the plant, going straight to the sandwich shop, driving himself flat because otherwise he'll be financially ruined. I don't know, something. Steak, again. We come always, yeah. come back to steak.
0: Yes. Uh, but yes or no, would you watch this episode again?
2: Eh. Not <sighs> particularly. Is it on and do I have nothing? No, okay. Maybe laundry, but not really.
0: Yeah, I'm avoiding this one. How about you, Amelia? It's a no from me. All right. Now it's time to, for one of my favorite parts of the podcast. What mm-hmm. would we change? BT, what would you like to change about Super Franchise Me?
2: Oh, my many things. Again, what you've got is okay. You just need some passes to clean out some of those jokes that flat out don't work. Mm. One I'm really gonna point to is um, Marge is opening this place and Bart's like, "What's your drink refill policy?" And she's like, "Unlimited, as long as you buy something." And Homer's like, "Oh, yeah. I bankrupted a Pizza Hut doing that." And so it's a then a tell, then show. And in the little you know, dream sequence showing the past, he's just drinking soda over and over. And it's like, "There's nothing else here. Why is this a joke? It's just the same mm. bit you've already told us. There's no extra dimension to it." Yeah. Um. Look, just. I like the, the, the idea that Marge has done this for financial security outside of Homer and then it starts, you know, driving is the controlling force of the family. Then it's, you know, taking every, the kids out of school, it's taking Homer out of work, all to just survive. There's something to be said about uh, corporations in this as well, so focus on that some more. Just a little bit more focus, especially on the plot and the heart and towards the end of it as well. The fact that Cletus is established not even as a villain, he's just a problem. And he's serving people roadkill, maybe even have it... You know, she finds out the reason they're able to do this so quickly is because yeah. they have shitty ingredients, and she tells people, and they're either like, "Yeah, we don't care, it's fast." That's a good, nice commentary, I suppose. Or she's like, "If I tell people, that will ruin another family." Who? How? How could I? How could I do that? So, look, there's so many other places you could take this. It's I've got three stages syndrome. I'm trying to explain everything I want to change. <laughs> Everyone's no, just absolutely. wedged
0: in the door. <laughs> Move it, chatterhead. Uh, how about you, Amelia? What would you like to change?
1: I reckon I would like to see Marge flip from being the scammy to the scammer. Mm. So if she's short on labor, I reckon it would have been cool for her to put, like, ads out on Gumtree for, like, interns from, Mm. you know, elementary schools and then just employ heaps of 10-year-old children to, like, work in – the sandwich shop and then I want the franchisee owner to come in and be like, what are you doing? This is exploitative. Like you're damaging like people's lives. These are 10 year old children, but she was actually screwing her over. And then the whole franchisee company has to get shut down because they've been found out for like doing fraudulent like child's labor. And then Marge gets off scot-free.
0: I reckon that would have been fun. Oh, absolutely. Like, these ideas introduce the idea of conflict and, like, characters sort of having to question themselves and stuff. It just, yeah, things that never happened in this. And I think, for me, like, part of the problem is the build. It's just why all of a sudden Bart and Lisa are able to trade sandwiches at school and why, when Marge goes to look at this is there suddenly a franchise owner in the school? I think just doing something as simple yeah. as like, we've got too many sandwiches How about I go work in the cafeteria for a day or two and we can get rid of them? Like, at least that had set it up and potential for, yeah, commentary on American public school food and all that sort of stuff. Okay,
2: so they have a bit where Ned's offered to, you know, store their extra sandwiches. How about he's like, hey, we could take this to the homeless shelter. Oh, Marge, these are really good. People are really loving them. You should start a business. Better
0: episode. Yes, and then she can come so far and get so much money and then look back and say, so, oh, I forgot about um, the people who helped me get here.
2: I th- forgot about the sandwiches.
0: <laughs> um, and yes, for an episode about sandwiches, something which, yeah, you'll find out later, Amelia, we're very keen on here, yeah. We're passionate. Uh, but yeah, that's a little bit of sizzle for the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, let's get through our final notes. And now it's time, and now it's time for our
2: final notes.
0: Everyone's final notes. I haven't done that song in a while. <laughs> final notes Amelia do you have any final notes about this episode bits from the episode you want to mention before we rank it
1: the only other note that I would probably have is that I thought the dog died
0: oh wow Yeah, oh. He, Homer was force feeding it and I did write
2: down please stop force feeding the dog it, it didn't
1: he yeah, die but didn't, didn't he die I thought they That's... got rid of the dog
0: <laughs> not in any of the episodes that I've seen there's,
2: there's been some shenanigans but
0: no oh, you know,
1: maybe I ha- maybe I'm thinking of a different show <laughs>
0: Family Guy? I know they killed Brian and then like all the Chud fans were like, don't kill Brian. They were like, okay, we won't kill him.
1: Um, Well, I think that was my main thing. I thought he died, but it's good to know that he didn't.
0: (laughs) Nope.
2: (laughs) I mean, I'm really scared of any episodes I've not seen now, but...
0: (laughs) No, like every single dog ever, he lives forever. Yep, lives Uh,
2: forever. Good boy. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> bt do you have any other notes
2: oh hell yeah okay so it starts off and flanders is you know noticing his energy bill is up and he's like "Ah, oh, that's a higher power than even i believe in i thought that was pretty good
0: that was just another thing where i thought the ferris wheel was just too far too quickly it would have been just fine enough if homer's like running an extension cord from flanders like yeah,
2: i was fine with the ferris wheel i was like this is over the top and yeah sure it gets things rolling uh there's a bit of continuity where he uh flanders does have the beatles bunker Oh yeah, and I do kind of like Homer's line where he's got all the steaks in the freezer, and it's like, oh, you know, I have them in case society collapses, but we still have power for some reason. Mm. Like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds like a lot of preppers.
0: Yep. <laughs> but,
2: oh, yeah. In the wackiness, the mayo truck, and how they have to squeeze the sides of the mayo truck to get it to pump.
0: And they mentioned like a mayo shotgun at some point as well. well? I, this is a very mayo-heavy
2: joke episode. Like, mm. if it wasn't for mayonnaise, this 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 episode loses like thirteen percent of its jokes. <laughs> Because, yeah, there's a mayo shotgun and then there's, uh, you know, Wigan walks in. It's like, oh, you know, I need you to put a lot of mayo on it. When I say a lot of mayo, I mean don't ever start pumping mayo. So, yeah, man.
1: Mayo yeah. No, really I... is the funniest of all the sources I it's reckon. true. <laughs> depends yeah, you're not mu-
0: writing, it, writing any good aioli jokes. I don't know. <laughs>
2: no, it, it depends how much mustard you have in the house. Mm. That's, a, that's more sizzle for later. Uh, <laughs> let's
0: see. But yeah, did- and they uh, did a callback as well to the ketchup, catsup joke, and it's like uh, that was funny. Then there's yeah. let no let more it good- go! <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: uh there's a bit where wiggum buys a really big sub from cletus's sandwich shop and just as he's carrying it he says, i'm gonna sit next to it okay I, I don't know why i like it so he's gonna have it in the back he's just gonna cradle it on the way home mm-hmm. when okay so the way they get out of this is they have homer dress up as a rich guy and then you know pretend to spill coffee and needles on his crotch and mm-hmm. he does have the line of i was going to be a million dollar crotch model which okay that's stupid enough for me to like it my problem, though, really, is that, you know, Marge gets out of this by going, Oh, but it says here that the company will fully train all employees. Like, Marge, you are the manager. You're responsible for training your employees. <laughs> this is your fault entirely. So yeah. don't think you can get out of a contract just because of that. That is, look, we take operational health and safety very seriously here at the Simpsons Index. Uh, please work <laughs> safe, everybody. Uh, it's a That's tough why world, we're man. all
0: wearing these fluoro vests. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, I'm always fluoro and spirit, man. And that is all my notes. Back to you in the studio, Elliot.
0: Yeah, only just a couple of others. When Homer pulls out the gloves, it looks like it's in a condom wrapper. <laughs> yeah, that was the bit. Yeah, just yeah. interesting choice. Yeah, What kind of evil corporation would only focus on making money and then, ba big Fox logo. Mm. It's just... I don't know if it like it feels like haha got him" when it's like I don't know this show, this juggernaut that yeah. just can't die. And... That hand
2: has been feeding them for twenty six <laughs> years at this point. Yeah,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, and oh yeah, the, that was the other bit of like weird reference. Like, why did they have everyone as the um, that impressionist painting the picnic?
2: I and I wrote that down as well. It's like visual reference by yeah, yeah. So, yeah, does so that. the one that uh, Cameron stares at in Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
0: Ah, that's right.
2: I don't know what it's Surratt called. It doesn't matter.
1: Is it Surratt?
2: I don't think it's Saran wrap. I'm sorry. Um, I
0: don't know <laughs> no, the No, the painter's
1: Surratt, I think. Okay. Sur- <laughs> Sur- I don't know.
2: We're
0: very art illiterate here. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I, I, I didn't know, so I made a stupid joke to uh, hide
0: my ignorance. <laughs> tied into I, sandwiches. So. Honestly,
1: I think I come off worse in this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is time to rank this thing on the Simpsons Index. We rank using our six-point scale, which starts down the bottom at Failure. Failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give it a participant. But for positive rankings, we got okay bronze, good silver, excellent gold, but for the best, of the very best, the episodes which The Simpsons could not exist without. You give Sir Cody R. I'm going to go first. Let me show you how it's done. Straight out participant for me on this one. You know, I reserve the fails for episodes mm. that offend and where the characters are totally broken. And, the, um, you know, the story isn't nonsense here. It's just boring. Yeah. So, yeah, participant for me. BT, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I'm on a hard participant as well. I mean, there were parts where towards the end I was getting so bored I might have kicked it into the pit of failure, but it never quite got to that point of absolute fury and frustration. It's, yeah, straight participant. It is a little disappointing because it had some potential in the beginning, but, yeah, nothing. Mm. i meh this entirely.
0: All right, and Amelia, please finish it off.
1: I'm also going to go with participant. I think whilst watching it, I was pretty disappointed and bored throughout but i also haven't watched a lot of the newer seasons so i don't really have anything to compare it against whether it's like really low or -hmm. if this is just the standard so i think i'm going to go with the safe option and just say I was bored and disappointed.
2: So, participation. <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretty pretty uh, keen to have a guest on who only knows like the core good years, as it compared to us who have now 600 in. It's a little. It's getting a little hard to tell what's bad sometimes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, participant is our most given rank, and mm. I think it uh, really does sum up most of the new areas. I mean, you hear people ragging on the new Simpsons all the time, but the fact is, mm. the pool of like failures is actually yeah small in comparison to the just. Middling and uh, um, episodes of, yeah, mm. mediocre quality. Especially in season 26, where this will be the sixth unanimous participant. It'll be joining My Fair Lady, where Marge becomes an Uber driver. Uh. Uh, I Won't Be Home for Christmas, where Homer goes missing on Christmas and it's bad. Uh, Simpsorama, the Futurama crossover. Mm-hmm. And one of the Treehouse of Horrors. And also The Wreck of the Relationship, where Homer and Bart go on a boat bonding retreat. And Nick Offerman is the captain.
2: Yeah, Mar- Marge gets a lot of new jobs in this season. Okay.
0: Yeah, just yeah, totally.
2: But yeah, and compared to the Uber one, she becomes an Uber driver, doesn't like it, and stops. Yeah. That's the plot. <laughs> well, yeah. in
1: the earlier seasons, I think wasn't it Homer doing all of the jobs oh, yeah. that ever existed? So maybe if you get up to like season thirty or forty, Bart mm-hmm. and Lisa will have a <laughs> yeah. few jobs of their own.
0: <laughs> Give it to And we'll say Grandpa have a few more jobs because why not? Because people can't retire
1: anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. All right. Well, yeah, that about does it for the HD era episode. Now we're going to review an episode from the teens era. This is Marge Simpson in Screaming Yellow Honkers. Does anyone know this episode just from title alone?
2: Uh, Marge's boobs begin to scream.
0: Nope.
2: I mean, if it's anything else, I don't know if I want to watch it. What
1: was the title again?
0: Marge Simpson in Screaming Yellow Honkers. Yeah, I would have gone for the boob job episode two. Yeah, but uh we already reviewed that. Alright, uh well there's a bit of sizzle. We shall watch that and we will be back. And we are back, and we just watched our teens era episode right from the start of the teens era. This was season ten, episode fifteen, Marge Simpson in Screaming Yellow Honkers. First released in February of 1999. It was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by David M. Stern. In this episode, Homer purchases a Canyon Aero, but becomes insecure once he finds out it's the F series intended for women. Uh, so Marge ends up taking that car and uh, starts to develop a bit of road rage behind uh, this massive four wheel drive. Mm.
2: Hey, what do we think? I mean, despite not being about Marge's breasts becoming sentient and suffering an existential (laughs) crisis and screaming into the void like we all do every day, I really enjoyed it.
1: Hmm. I had lots of laughs. Like, I think it was such a stark contrast to the first episode that we Hmm. watched that it just immediately gave me that reminder of why I do love The Simpsons so much. So, yeah, yeah, I loved it.
0: Yeah, honestly, when I think of this episode, um, it does bring me back to all those Fox 8 marathon ones because... Hmm. When I was yeah, watching the Fox 8 Marathons, this is actually when I was catching up on a lot of the Teens Era episodes that I would like started missing and whatever. And yeah, I just got yeah, the nice warm fuzzies from this one. Um because mm-hmm. yeah, this to me is like among like what the Teens Era does well, it's a super goofy story that's merely a vehicle huh, for jokes and stuff, but it's also solid.
2: I see what you did there.
0: <laughs> Haha. Drove that point home <laughs> via nature. <laughs> anyway <laughs> yeah. so yeah let's uh hook into this episode and uh get into our feelings bt for better or worse what's a moment that stands out to you
2: uh, i'm just gonna highlight marge's whole journey and in know the previous one we talked about her not really not having any stakes in anything it's also it didn't really feel like she had a lot of agency whereas here it feels like she does and that's Not just the road rage, it's like she gets a taste of power and control with this vehicle. Mm. And it's never explicitly stated, but it's there in subtext. And I really like that. Like, the first part that really comes up is when she punches into the onboard computer It goes, Hello, Marge, where would you like to go today? She's like, no one's ever asked me that before. But yeah, and it kind of just pokes up every now and then. It's a little, especially with her great finishing line for the opening segment of Out of My Way, Nature. Mm. Yeah, I just really like her journey on this.
0: Well, the car is showing her a lot of kindness as well. It's mm-hmm. like this big intimidating beast, and then all of a sudden she opens the door. Oh, a little step for me.
2: Okay. Yeah. And oh. all 36 shopping bags in one trip.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think from the first episode, this is like almost the complete opposite where we're seeing what marge's true independence looks like where on paper Mm. you might see you know marge getting a franchise as being like financial independence but her driving a big beastie four-wheel drive is actually way more freeing for her and i find that hilarious because it's like that whole four-wheel drive era was so big at the time and Mm. to let marge be the champion of that story just worked so perfectly i thought Oh, yeah.
0: absolutely! Because yeah, I remember this time well, where cars were just trying to outbig each other, and <laughs> fucking Hummers were briefly a thing. And then like... they
2: had the stretch Hummer. You're like, how does that even move? <laughs> you need a
1: step ladder or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah, for so many episodes that we've seen start off about be about another character and become the Homer show. To have the flip of that start off being Homer drooling over this car and then be all about Marge was just mm. yeah, Mwah, loved it.
0: How about you, Amelia? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse?
1: I'm going to say for better, the point in the episode where I think I laughed the hardest was where Marge gets sent to the Road Rage Rehabilitation Mm. School, Mm. and I just thought that whole scene was absolutely hilarious where they force everyone in the class who's pretty much falling asleep to watch a video of a police delivering a class within the class (laughs) and then doing these really, like, funny segues to people doing perpetrating road rage and just that one sentence where the judge is driving and like bangs a gavel and goes i sent you to kiss my ass i remember laughing at that so much as a kid and the fact that it still makes me laugh right now is awesome (laughs)
0: Yeah. Oh, just the pure escalation as well, where yeah, it starts out as a <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, guy yelling and throwing ripping his mirror and throwing it at mm. someone and then ends with a guy in an astronaut outfit with a golf club just going, ha ah!
3: <laughs> like
2: people from all walks of life experience Road Rage Elliot. Mm.
1: And I think the funniest part of it of all might be the fact that Chief Wiggum just keeps referring to Marge as like a really like mentally sick. Person,
3: yeah. hmm. Like
1: that road rage is the worst thing that you could possibly mm-hmm. perpetrate in a small town that they have to send people to road rage rehab when yeah. it's actually not that big of a deal. But he's like, you people are sick. You angry, sick people. <laughs> I thought that
2: yeah. was great. All right, the whole back and forth when he pulls her over is just, I can't, I didn't even write it all down. But the fact that it ends with, now you got exactly five seconds to get out of my sight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Aside from Marge as well, his uh, course seemed to work. Like a Man. lot of these more uh, aggro characters became very level-headed. Um,
1: Except for Curtis E. Bear, who is actually <laughs> yeah. the worst road rage perpetrator of all. <laughs> well,
0: he wasn't Man.
2: in the class; he was coaching the class. It's different. Coaches yeah. don't play. <laughs>
0: yeah. Man, where does Curtis E. Bear go to when he needs to vent his frustration via two by four? Yeah. <laughs> uh, who courtesy bears the courtesy bears.
1: <laughs> Poor Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: nah, it's such a great one-time bit. Oh, God, what stands out to me? It is like this whole thing where it feels like ultra convenient and silly storytelling but like i feel like you're so in the moment especially yeah when marge does flip out after the road rage class and mm. ends up releasing the si- the prisoners and, <laughs> and wig them again uh, like mvp yeah, of this quite episode.
2: mvp of this one yeah
0: yeah just oh all of those criminals were one <laughs> day away from being completely rehabilitated <laughs> like it's such a good spin on yeah. the one day till retirement joke
2: oh yeah yeah, I got yeah. a, good, la- I got a good, good pre-laugh out of that. I was writing the note before it came up, like, yes, this bit.
0: Yeah, and it really just demonstrates how, there yeah, these story beats can be super stupid and wacky, but also really funny at the same time, mm. and you don't feel like you're getting cheaped out from in the jokes. Yeah. No. So, wackiness. Was this a particularly wacky episode of The Simpsons?
2: Marge's halogen headlights turn the, you know, become X-ray. Yep. <laughs> I don't know how to say that good, so I'm going to say word not.
0: Well, in that moment as well, I think it's the first time I've noticed that um, they also make parts of butt disappear briefly. There's a little oh, right. animation goof where, yeah, his legs and butt just completely disappear for a few frames, and then like it's just his floating torso above a chair. It's really weird. You
2: didn't think they removed the nude butt from TV? It was too scandalous for TV.
0: Mm. Oh, actually, speaking of which, um. When Mm -hmm. you're watching these episodes on Disney Plus, after you see like the main heading of uh, what episode is on, it flashes up briefly with the you know rated PG for X. This is the biggest list of things I've ever (laughs) seen in watching a Simpsons episode on this. What do we got? It was, and uh, I think a ring light's going to block that out, but you can already I can, see... I like, can that's... see a
2: lot of lines of text, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and it was rated PG mild themes and sexual references, mild drug references mm-hmm. and coarse language, mild mm-hmm. animated violence, mild sexual references, infrequent animated violence, infrequent mild drug and sex references, infrequent mild coarse language.
2: Mmm, infrequency...
1: It's I just... like it It's risky Because you don't know Where it's going to pop up So if the parents Were covering their kids ears yeah. They wouldn't know
2: Yeah When be to anywhere. do it
1: Yeah
2: it, <laughs> It's like that game Where you try to figure out The movie based on Its IMDB Parents warning description <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, like all the parents who like do their own, like yeah. some scenes involving a troll may scare young
2: yeah. viewers. Yeah, you briefly sort of see stuff. a young man's buttocks. <laughs> you,
0: know,
1: kind of <laughs> you know what I loved was actually the beginning of the episode where they had the teacher's talent show because ah, you know, yes. I thought that was actually a really funny premise for an opener because, you know, parents having to endure watching other people's children do terrible, you know, cover songs and sketch mm. comedy, but being forced to watch teachers do like a yeah. seductive <laughs> balloon popping in front of <laughs> the parents is just, Mwah. Mm. love it.
2: I saw Krabubble's but I paid. <laughs>
0: yeah. but even when you hold me tight. God, yep, yeah, never listen to that ha. song the same way. I- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really love Groundskeeper Willie as well. Nope, sorry, <laughs> I got that wrong. It was Groundskeeper Willie. Um, yep. Just trying to do, yeah, his local Scottish gear of
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> North <laughs> Edinburgh putters put like
0: this Yeah,
2: <laughs> It's
0: just, yeah, know your crowd Yeah, mm-hmm. Do more jokes about the brats sp- uh, spewing and all that sort of stuff <laughs> D- Did you have any favourite moments from this opening section, Beech?
2: Oh my, yes, I mean the whole thing is pretty damn good I think Bart's line of, I didn't think it was physically possible, but this both sucks and blows is mm. great, uh, a sign out the front was, you know, teachers, theatre night, two milk minimum uh, was pretty good, mm. and uh, yeah, Skinner just tanking the who's on first bit with yes, yes, not a man with the unlikely pronoun of Hugh, but the sorry, uh, not the man with the pronoun name Hugh, but Hugh. Fuck, I'm just going to ruin everything
0: here. <laughs> I like how you're first. talking about Skinner ruining the bit, yeah, and yeah. ruining the description of the bit.
2: Yeah, oh yeah, it's meta. That's that was intentional, clearly, to uh, thrill our <laughs> listeners with um, meta reference. Everyone, I'm I'm gonna hide. Bye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't there also something on the zoo sign on the entrance where it was like, Mm. born free, then caged? Caged. Yep, I thought that was great.
0: Some stellar sign gags in this one, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bringing us back to the zoo as well and uh, the wackiness of the episode, what do we think about the whole climax with the rhinos and all that stuff?
2: I mean, it is stupid, but damn, it's fun. Mm. And I really like the Australian guy. So I told him a chain link fence wouldn't hold a rhino. Wait, no, (laughs) I meant to tell (laughs) him.
1: I thought it was really funny too, but weirdly enough, I actually had that thing where, I don't know if if you've experienced this, probably because you've Mm. reviewed over 600 episodes where Mm -hmm. you think it's one episode, but it's actually another. And I thought this episode Mm. was going to end with Marge at the demolition derby where Mm. she starts becoming really risky. And then she goes into that, weird circle pit circle for the do you remember that do you know that episode yeah Yeah,
0: that's the one that starts out with uh homer's jaws being wide shut yeah Mm -hmm.
1: yeah i thought that that was this episode's ending so i was actually quite surprised when (laughs) i saw the rhinos and i've completely forgot about that ending
0: it would honestly make a lot more sense because, yeah, that mm-hmm. ending comes out of fucking nowhere with much yeah. in the demolition <laughs> so derby, weird. And then Homer's Popeye, and uh, yeah, it's so weird. It's bad.
2: Let's get back to uh, the wackiness of a troth getting. Troth. God damn, I ruined everything. Back to the wackiness of a sloth getting hit by a tranquilizer and mm-hmm. dancing around before falling asleep. I like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I-, I love a good Domino's joke, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Good mouse trap joke, I guess you'd yeah. call it as well, just how it all uh, links in. And uh, brings us to one of the guest stars of the episode, John Casser was uh, providing a lot of the animal voices here.
2: Oh, really? Not Frank Welker?
0: Not Frank Welker. Um, yeah. J- uh, John Casser. That's, that's, anyway. that's good work. <laughs> that's what Elliot learned on Wikipedia today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> love that show.
0: Mm. Oh, speaking of shows as well, yeah, this show's in love with a Dateline with Stone Phillips for some reason. Yeah, yeah. that
1: was great. I love that.
0: All of a sudden just absolutely spruiking NBC for mm. whatever reason.
1: I think the NBC gag wasn't that great, but the specificity of Stone mm. Phillips was awesome because I actually had to Google him afterwards and he's just some Dateline reporter that mm. I didn't really even know him before that.
0: Yeah. Yeah it's just such a weird thing for them to be plugging into this uh, episode just and like the goofy conviction in which they do it and it's so like to the camera like oh tell me more about this thing this sounds pretty good and apparently fox really didn't like this bit and the <laughs> writers pitched the over the credits bit with homer as a compromise and they were like great which really? is weird yeah.
2: Oh, the part where they murder a beloved character. That's much mm. better. Fox is fucked up.
0: Wow. Not murder, just shoot. Wow. Repeatedly. <laughs> like, yeah, they weren't fine with the episode just weirdly ending with this NBC bit, <laughs> uh, but they, they were fine with Homer now being I, held at gunpoint by The them.
2: more I think about it, the more it makes sense. Like, look, you can't praise another network, but you can remind people that if they don't watch us, we will kill them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd expect nothing less from Murdoch, honestly. Um, you but- can't can spell how- murder without murdoch hmm, he's almost right <laughs> um but how about the heart of this episode how did we find the emotional core
2: again i think it's just marge's finding like a, a, a an outlet for anger and uh not, not even that just just a degree of power and i really like the through line of that starting with the where would you like to go today to um <laughs> just yelling the streets are for the living which just really got me as well. And uh, let's see, even Homer, where he's all like, well, at least I have a license. She glares at him. He's like, sorry, Oof. come on, kids. Come on, kids. I went too far. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think the transition of Marja's personality was really authentic to me. I thought it wasn't ham-fisted or like she was doing everything on her own accord, which was mm. where... I think I believed it a lot more than, say, the other episodes where Marge might go on a tangent. You kind of have a bit of a questionable reason as to why she's doing it. But I think Mm -hmm. all of her emotions were so pure and having her be like a housewife who's constantly trapped in the house, her being like in this big beefy SUV was just, Yeah. yeah, perfect.
0: Yeah, you really go on a journey with her, don't you? Like and it's almost like she's adapting and taking on the car as well. And like yeah. it's it's a really fun journey to watch her go through that and, you know, stretch her character and mm. let her get to have a lot more fun than she certainly usually gets to have.
2: Yeah, because all of it is, you know, the domestic life she currently leads, but, you know, enhanced to where she can carry all the shopping and the kids have room to fight in the background and she can just plow through nature to get home quicker. (laughs) It's not taking her to crazy new worlds, it's the world she knows, just, you know, augmented.
0: Oh my God, that whipped cream in the ice scene was, yeah.
2: (laughs) I love it because there was just kids being kids and we so rarely see that because now, nowadays Bart and Lisa are basically just angsty teenagers, but this is just them having a whipped cream fight because it's stupid and fun.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's not much to talk about because it's not really like an emotional hard episode. But yeah, for a character standpoint, it's quite good. But mm-hmm. speaking of character standpoint, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like the characters we know and love?
2: I thought Baron Von Chicken Pants was extremely on character, uh, <laughs> for, for, as we all know and love him.
0: Ah, but then Lisa goes, hey, that's uh, tomorrow night's dinner. Why does she care? Like, uh, th- True. She wouldn't have eaten the chicken regardless of whether they'd become... I mean
2: Elliot, do you want your parents to eat chicken that's touched your brother's butt?
0: I suppose not. Yeah.
2: Even if you weren't gonna eat it yourself.
0: For mm. shame. Anyway. Uh <laughs> so what do you reckon, Amelia? Is this uh this is mostly the Simpsons that you no one recognize?
1: Yeah, I mean, I laughed a lot, so I think that's probably the best indicator of that. I felt like all the characters were quite true to themselves. I think aside from Marge, the police interactions and like that whole system setup was pretty on point mm-hmm. as, like for wiggum and even just mo being sleazy afterwards he's like now mitch yeah. if you got any problems like
3: mm.
1: yeah not in a sexual way or anything like that but if Unless you, you wanted want it it it. to be yeah <laughs> i thought that was great it was such a small moment but it stood out so perfectly
0: yeah, I feel like the modern equivalent now is that meme of like, haha, unless dot dot dot, you know. <laughs>
2: no, no, joke, 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 joke. joke. Unless.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, it's sort of teen-era Simpsons, so mm. like it doesn't feel like classic in that way, and you get yeah more ridiculous plot beats. But yeah, yeah, Amelia, just saying that yeah you had a lot of laughs. That's a good indicator, and I'm like, yeah, this feels like a comedy show, <laughs> unlike the other thing dog. we watched, <laughs>
2: yeah. which existed.
0: Yeah, it, it sure did. did.
2: Mm. I just this is some good, stupid Homer as well. I do like when, you know, none of the animals are doing anything and Homer's like, oh, it's okay, sweetie. Daddy, you'll fix that broken animal. And then <laughs> pegs it with a slingshot and tells Lisa, Lisa, here's your slingshot yeah. <laughs> to avoid the blame. It's, uh, it's, it's funny.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, yes or no? Would you watch this one again?
2: Uh, yes, I would, Kent.
1: I would as well.
0: Awesome. So would I. And Amelia, episodes that we say we want to watch again, we like to think about what Simpsons playlist we'd put them mm. in. So what are some other Simpsons episodes that you think would pair nicely with this one, share thematical elements and all that sort of stuff?
1: Maybe the one where Bart goes to the ward, uh, the clandestine, what's it called? Oh, yeah. The cabaret place? What's it called? The... Uh, the Maison special... Derriere. Yeah. Yeah, I like that one because they're plotlines where it's not homocentric mm-hmm. and the fact that like Bart gets to go on his own personal journey that's completely unique in his own and it's he's just he's doing his own thing is what mm-hmm. I'm saying yeah
0: yeah absolutely
2: yeah, characters breaking out of their molds yeah
0: and Marge gets a lot of good licks in that episode as well when her and Lisa go to clean rocks. <laughs> dozens <laughs> and right. dozens of rocks.
2: Yeah. Okay. I got four chambered for a playlist, so get oh. ready. Uh, Canyonero. Ha!
0: Yeah. Oh, so that's the other guest star of this episode. And as we saw on Amelia's projector there, Hank Williams Jr., the son <laughs> of Hank Williams. Yeah. And the father of Hank Williams the Third.
2: I see. It's really yeah. keeping that lineage alive. Mm. Uh, we get some gill jobs in this one, so not like you would, but you could pair it with the last one. Don't.
0: <laughs> no, that was it. This was a great gill appearance I thought mm. as well.
2: Well, this is how you do good, pathetic Gil. Because he's, I like his, uh, you know, mobile rotary phone that says he's pathetic without saying it, and yeah, his whole ah, who's that, is that? Bill. Ah, you said it was over. No, no, don't put him up. Hey, Bill.
0: <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh,
2: man, sad and it hurts, but funny. Mm. My other one is traffic school videos. Like, there's that one where Homer's. I forget which episode it is. Where Homer's. I think it's the drink driving one. Where Homer's watching the videos, like with oh, Troma yeah. clue, and it's like. He's an appealing fellow. In fact, they're appealing him off the sidewalk.
0: That's right.
2: Uh, there's that one. And uh, my final note is to pair with Baron Von Chicken Pants is the part where Bart puts oranges inside his pants to make it look like he's got massively swollen testicles. Uh, I think that's the Focus In episode, if I remember
0: correctly. Simpsons groceries touching Bart's genitals.
2: Yes. Yep. What a playlist that'll be. Oh my.
0: <laughs> righto um but you know even episodes that we enjoy you know they aren't perfect there's some things we can improve so amelia we'll start with you this time what would you like to change about this episode
1: probably the ending i'd say because mm. the whole plotline of the show was so funny and the mm-hmm. gags were so strong but just the whole zoo element i just it kind of lost me a little bit and felt a bit to oh Marge has to save the day home is stuck in a -a portaloo and i just Mm -hmm. didn't really care by that point i think the peak for me was that scene where he where marge was at the road rage rehabilitation center and that whole gag sequence where she just loses it and Mm -hmm. obviously every episode has to be resolved but i think yeah it just fell a little short for me there
0: yeah, well, I mean, it's back to the whole teens era thing of, like, going for more outlandish plot beats and sort of stuff, and it was, like, pretty convenient how that all rolled out, and it's just like, is she really the only one with a canyon arrow? Why didn't they call Krusty as well? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, BT, what would you like to change about this episode?
2: I'm the same way. I want to change something about that third act. Even though there's a lot of bits and jokes that I do like, I and I'm not sure what to change it with, but something a little more character-driven uh, because that's kind of what's really lacking for me is that that feeling of conclusion for the character. Maybe instead of going on about Stone Phillips, we could find something else to talk about. I don't know what. I mean, again, I like a lot of these bits. I like Homer stopping and yelling Jumanji. Um, I, like, I like Marge's re- line of, care to help you, chief? Seems I'm full of rage. Like, yeah, yeah that's that's the Little Simpsons broke my brain. But yeah, ultimately it's just, that's feels like the weakest part of this episode.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I mean I think I'm yeah a bit more on board uh, with it than you guys, but yeah, I do recognize that it's just so outlandish and I feel like there was something that the episode was setting up with like Homer's super insecurity about uh, mm. having this car now and then Marge like absolutely rolling with it and sort of Homer's uh, patheticness especially like when he's like just lying on the couch he's like a three chambered pick. Look, Marge, look at what I did. I and love that line. <laughs> I think the episode was going something with Homer's, yeah, inactivity and stuff, and Marge was being so much more proactive and like installing new headlights on her car and yeah. shit like that. I, I just wish the episode had something to do with that. I guess it did in the end because she had to save Homer from inside a Portaloo, but yeah, it was a bit. Mm-hmm.
2: Just on that, there's a little giggle Homer gives when he hot wires her car that I do really love
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) sucker yeah all right yeah we are here bt uh actually no we'll start with amelia amelia do you have any other notes about this episode before we rank it
1: oh i think i think that was it really did i have anything else no i don't i'm so sorry (laughs) that's
0: all right it turns out we'll start with bt then bt do you have any other notes
2: I always do, and you know it. (laughs) Uh, When Homer's buying the car and Gil has this slip-up where he's like, oh, you know, I can't remember his line. He messes something in the sales pitch up, and Homer doesn't even notice. He goes, oh, red one, and dashes over.
0: Oh, yeah, he goes, oh, drill on it all you want, but don't get rainwater on it. They'll strip the paint like that.
2: (laughs) Yep, ah, beautiful stuff. Mm. In the traffic school, they're going to be broken down, then rebuilt, then broken down again, then then lunch, then if time, rebuilt again (laughs) Uh, I just like that courtesy bear I know we already said it it just requires repeating Mm. Uh, I love Homer's line of I've seen plays that are more exciting than this honest to god Plays. (laughs) plays <laughs> uh, that is just great stuff little would, would you do it for this puppy marge look at the puppy that's your hat
3: <laughs>
2: she's good chief yeah I, I do like when homer's on top of the car throwing popcorn at the rhinos and there's a shot of them like what's he doing but then there's a shot of one of them knocked out as though he's actually managed to ko one of them
0: oh okay i thought that rhino just got bored but there you go. i mean
2: maybe i like the idea that it, one of them was just vulnerable to popcorn
0: but yeah And Ken Brockman's introducing of it all as uh, uh, the rhinos appear to be no danger to anyone except those people over there. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) And just again, to tie into the whole a chain link fence won't hold them, when they pen them all up, it's just that one little dick, there, that'll hold them. (laughs) Uh, And the rhinos instinctively try to put out fires, I think is just good. I meant to look that up.
0: Oh, uh, uh, it's probably true. Stone Phillips said it.
2: Yeah, and when will Detroit build a sunroof for the Husky gentleman? Is what we're all <laughs> really asking.
0: Shout out to our Motor City listeners. Yeah, just a couple more notes. I think uh, at the start when Krusty is uh, firing up his Canyon Arrow and um, mm-hmm. the headlights just shine right into the uh, Simpson sedan. This fucking bugs me so much as a driver. Mm. Like I just hate oh, four wheel yeah. drives. And, yep. Um, You're like, oh, do they
2: have their high beams on? No, no, they're just a dickhead. Oh.
0: Yeah, because that's the thing. Their higher car, their headlights line up perfectly with your sedan <laughs> mirror. So, yeah, you're always fucking blinded by these and things. And I'm, I'm going to
2: put it to the world. We need a hand gesture for your high beams are on. Because it happens mm. a lot and there's no way to signal someone behind you. Someone in front of you, you double flash your lights. That's the done thing. The person behind you, there's no, we need a thing for it. And it yeah. can't just be a middle finger because that doesn't work. I've tried it. <laughs> It means too many things. Exactly, we need to narrow it down. I've tried like putting my hand out and lowering it down, but that doesn't—that people don't know what that is. Mm. Need a standard. It needs to exist.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, much like when uh, the cat wants something, that needs to figure out because <laughs> it's just really not getting the point across there. Mm. It's trying. And yeah, that was actually all my notes. It's time to rank this thing. So, BT, we'll start with you this time. What would you like to rank uh, Marge Simpson? Uh, I had
2: one more note, actually. Leave your oh. murderous ranger at home where it belongs.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, got me. Uh, yeah, I uh, really liked the cop doing the yeah, yeah. video. I,
2: I'm going to real solid silver. I could have gone a gold if it had just had a little bit more heart or a little bit more story beat to it. But, you know, this is a, a lot of fun. I had a good time throughout. So that's a silver from me, Elliot. Amelia.
1: Yeah, I'll probably say silver as well. Yeah, it gave me heaps of laughs, but I probably wouldn't call upon the episode as like an instant referral to someone. Mm. And Mm. that for me would be like gold or zirconia, Um, what have you. So yeah, it's it's really funny, but it's not groundbreaking.
0: Yeah, uh, solid silver from me as well. And it's sort of like, Not to detract too much from the episode, but yeah, you got to like you said, you got to reserve the the higher rankings for Mm. the higher episodes. And this episode, while enjoyable, just isn't that elevated.
2: Yeah, for the episodes that have like everything you'd want, like a good sandwich of some kind.
0: Mm. But more on that later. Um, Alright, well, yep, that will be a unanimous silver It'll be the second episode from season 10 to be called that It'll be joining Lisa gets an A Where mm. Lisa cheats on the test And there's also Mr. Pinchy And um, <laughs> But that wasn't actually a unanimous silver That was mm. cubic silver, bronze, bronze Whoa. No, That wow. was a very split silver That clearly wow. was, wow Yeah. yeah. Controversy <laughs> I do uh, love
1: Pinchy
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, who doesn't? Oh. I don't know how you can not look at that lobster's face and not give that episode a cubic <laughs> pulls from One Good Thing podcast. <laughs> anyway. uh, right. I, I'd call them
2: our nemesis, but we like them too much, so our uh, frenemies.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the word for it. <laughs> Alright, well that does it for the teens era, so we are going to the classic era, and I am so excited for this one, and for the Simpsons Index as well, this is our last season 5 episode we're going to review. <gasps> Holy
2: um, shitballs.
0: Yeah, we're going to go watch Lisa vs. Malibu Stacy. We will be back. And we are back, and we just watched our classic and final episode of the evening. This was Season 5, Episode 14 Lisa vs. Malibu Stacy. First released in February of 1994. It was directed by Jeff Lynch, written by Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. In this episode, you all know this one. It's the Talking mm. Malibu Stacey doll and Lisa Lionheart. And, and she's uh, got a new hat. She's got a new hat. I <laughs> want it. I want it. Me, me, me. <laughs> what did you guys think? Delightful.
1: I loved it. So funny. Yeah. I love the escalation of the episodes tonight. It's just left me on a sweet note and <laughs> I had a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it, because in the first few podcasts, we did it in re- uh, the other order, you know, doing the classic first and ending on the yeah. HD, and it was just, it was too much of a bummer, like, <laughs> yeah. this yeah, way is much get, better.
2: We get slowly tired, and then the episodes yeah. get more annoying, and we get cranky and need a nap, and, uh, mm. not good.
1: Yeah, this, the third one shouldn't end like the, the last of the God, Godfather movies. <laughs>
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, thanks to people uh, who have mm-hmm. watched The Godfather 3, I still haven't seen it, and uh, the series is still very pure for me.
2: Aren't they going for a four now? I swear I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> oh. Why?
0: Yeah.
2: I, because, because everything you love must
0: burn.
1: The Coppolas should get Nick Cage to do it.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, Nick Cage is the godfather.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Well, yeah, um, Yeah. this is a stone-cold classic, this one. So excited to hook in. Amelia, we'll start with you. For better or worse, what's a moment that stands out to you? Whoa,
1: my lights just went yeah.
0: so Sorry. Um, <laughs> how many, how many
2: demons right. are in your house right now? Like
1: <laughs> yeah, 12, but usually there are only four. Um, yeah, and they usually leave
2: the lights alone
1: yeah (laughs) sorry that was really weird that's all right (laughs) yeah i think this is a small thing but it made me laugh a lot was towards the beginning of the episode where they're going through the clearance bin Mm
3: -hmm. of all
1: of the malibu stacy dolls and the first or the second one they pick up is live from the improv for (laughs) 89 cents and that made me laugh so much and i just love that tiny little gem
0: the yeah. oversized shirt and the big brick yeah. wall behind it it's really that era of stand up achy breaky
2: stacy as well <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. so wonderful and yeah setting up the whole overproduced you know narrative of the uh, malibu stacy dolls while mm. still getting some really good jokes in there of showing how quickly this shit dates yeah oh, oh yeah.
1: totally and i think the malibu stacy main core plot line is really strong but the fact that all of the side jokes are just as strong on their own like Mm. the classic mr burns like hello smithers (laughs) you are very good at turning me on like without even knowing what episode that falls from that is so standalone funny in of itself
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I found myself thinking about the process that he would have gone through. Like, was this like a bunch of voice recordings that he got and uh, stitched together mm. himself? Like, yeah. Not I that it. Of, <laughs> it would have
2: been like a shit talker or something, you know, that old program to sure. have your computer talk to you. Yeah. The old Mac, you know.
0: But no, and a really good, like, because so often, you know, Smithers is just tethered to Burns and, Mm. you know, that's great for the character, but it doesn't get to export. Like, just giving him this little detail that this is his life outside of work is just, it's wonderful.
2: Yeah, especially to have him there at the end as well with all the other, with all the little girls. You're like, I want to, (laughs) me, 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 (laughs) me. It's delightful.
0: No, it's so good. Uh, How about you, BT? What stands out to you from this episode for better or worse?
2: Uh, a really weird moment, I had to stop and double-check on Frankiak if I heard this right. So we're going through uh, Grandpa's wacky story about how he got the silver dollars, and back in the day, rich men would ride around in Zeppelin, just dropping coins on people. <laughs> anyway, one day I sees J.D. Rockefeller out there, and he's going on, uh, I had just basted my turkey, which back then was called Walking Bird. We'd always have Walking Bird on things and blah, blah, blah. And he says, we'd always have Walking Bird with all the trimmings. Cranberry sauce, Indian eyes. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold the fuck up. Did he just say Indian (laughs) eyes? And I looked it up. Yep, he said Indian eyes. So, uh...
0: Is that, like, just a weird fucking old-timey racist word for corn or something? I I don't know. I googled
2: it. I didn't see any references. I mean, maybe. But, uh, either that or, or... Grandpa is revealing the old cannibalistic ways of the past. Oh, so, yeah, weird. I the like, fact that wait. they
1: wrote that into Grandpa's storyline is so perfect because I can just imagine, like that writers' room where maybe yeah. one of them have actually heard their grandfather say that, and maybe they didn't know what the yeah. hell they were talking about. <laughs> yeah. They're like, whatever like, it is,
2: we just need to use it. I think he meant like black eyed peas or something. We never found out. We were just terrified of him from then on. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, I and can't then- find anything immediately. But yeah, he also says in that sentence, yam stuffed <laughs> with gunpowder. So. <laughs> I do
2: love that. <laughs> All right. It could be ma- grandpa's usual madness. Who knows? Hmm. But uh, it was just a moment of, wait the fuck up let me let me send this back 10 seconds and re-listen
0: i totally missed that and i think that's kind of the mark of a good grandpa rant joke mm. is yeah yeah I
2: just, I mean, it starts off really great i love the you know rich men riding around in zeppelins throwing coins out at people mm. uh, but yeah it just it went somewhere i really wasn't expecting
0: yeah great a really fun uh, interesting way to start up this mm. episode as well and I mean, typically we see The Simpsons, especially in the classic era, doing the first act, fuck you. You know, the story yep. that just kicks off the plot but doesn't have much to do with it. But mm-hmm. this setting it up that it's uh, the episode's B story is wonderful.
2: Well, it kicks both the A and B. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it does, it kicks both ass and butt Um, (laughs)
2: Nicely done, my friend
0: (laughs) But I like it as well Where the two stories kind of collide Where Lisa and Grandpa are both Mm. feeling unheard And it's just a really great way That they both get uh, reinvigorated by each other
2: yeah. I mean, sure, Grandpa gets a little lost, but, you know, that's good. At Homer's great line of, I'm a white male, age 14 to 39. Everyone thinks, listens to my stupid suggestions, and then gets gum and nuts out mm. of them together at last.
1: I think right off the back of that, the part that I laughed the hardest in that whole episode was Grandpa getting a job at a fast food joint where he's mm. just like, Mayday, Mayday, can you hear me? And he's twisting the knobs mm-hmm. and thinking it's World War Two, but he's just. At like a crusty yep. burger.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the PTSD coming back, and um, mm. do we self grandpa and
1: Skinner's like PTSD Vietnam like war flashbacks were so good. And on that yeah. note, as well, I think Malibu Stacy, the person, the yeah. line that she says is so funny, where she goes, "Oh, um, the reason that they kicked me out yeah. of Malibu Stacy in the <laughs> '70s was because I wasn't." You know, marketable and I was giving
2: money to the Viet Cong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that got me really hard. I don't think I've yeah. <laughs> uh, seen this episode since I understood what the Viet Cong was. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Because yeah, this was a show that uh, I think for a lot of us, we primarily watched as kids and it's just, mm-hmm. it's part of the wonderful thing that these episodes can keep giving in that way. Yeah, for sure.
1: Would have got right
0: over my head <laughs> yeah oh and of course as well uh playing Stacy LaBelle is uh, the Meryl amazing Meryl Streep yep Meryl Streep she's uh return... No, no no uh, it's <laughs> Kathleen Turner and that husky voice that she has mm-hmm. and she just she delivers so many good emotions in oh, this yeah. movie it it just didn't feel like stunt casting in that way uh, yeah mm-hmm. uh, how
2: how many of us have not been at the one point or another been like not now i'm too drunk <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great line and i think that's what really also differentiates the older seasons from the newer ones where the new seasons feel like a kid's show that's pitched to adults, whereas Mm -hmm. the old seasons feel like an adult show that's Pretending to be a kids' show, if yeah, that makes yeah. sense, like a, a, like a fully grown woman who makes dolls is telling an eight year old that she's too <laughs> drunk to get up is a really dark thing to say at like two p.m. on a Tuesday. Yep. Yeah. And the fact that they just don't shy away from that is so funny. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. I also just love that Lisa's like, "No, you're not," and that's not the moment she turns around. She just sits there, and is like, "Yeah, I am," but doesn't even say it.
0: It's just. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she gets so many good deliveries Like, I absolutely adore the Do you know how many kids have tried To track me down? Am I the first? Yeah (laughs) Yeah
1: Or the ending where she goes, Lisa's like, "Oh, if one girl
3: yeah just finds yeah.
1: this really important and makes a meaningful connection, that's all that matters." And she's like, "It costs four hundred and sixty thousand dollars to produce this doll." But sure. Sh- 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 sh-
0: sh- <laughs> yeah. kudos, Lisa. Kudos. <laughs> yeah, well, that's
2: that's the great part of the dynamic. She gets to be the hard reality, and Lisa gets to be the optimist. That's wonderful.
1: Which is a nice flip.
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's such a fun journey for that character as well, who's sort of portrayed to be yeah this person who lost any like morals and sense of uh, integrity because mm-hmm. you know she became disillusioned with corporate culture and stuff and to sort of see that uh it still remained at the end as well it's just like oh my god i can't believe i believed this a girl and blew all this money on it
2: <laughs> yep but you know that'll happen also having five husbands ken johnny joe dr <laughs> colossus steve austin
0: yep
1: Can we also talk about the kid who threw his frisbee nine years ago over her (laughs) fence, but also looks like 11 years old at the latest?
0: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, just immediately just didn't learn his lesson from the nine years of mulling over it. Such a perfect button for that act break. Mm -hmm. So overall, is this a wacky episode of The Simpsons? How's the cartooniness?
2: You know, not terribly. I've only got. Bart gets that mobile command center toy and launches one of the missiles, which seems to explode.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, Homer went through with buying it because, yeah, in a couple of short seconds, he made, cut himself on it, got electrocuted Mm. by it, and, yeah, missile to the mouth. Yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know if this counts as wacky or cartoony, but Joe, her ex husband, coming back felt pretty. Weird that he. What did did she say? She said something like, Oh, release me from your your kung 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 fu grip. Yeah. (laughs) Which is more of a funny line than anything, but just the idea of him kicking down her door so timely was quite wacky. Daisy, I
2: must have you back. Please take a ride with me in my mobile command center.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just still, like, it feels like they're pitching the toy at the same time as playing out this scene. (laughs) Realistic kung fu grip and mobile command unit. Like, Yeah, this episode gets to be a bit of fun with the toys as well. And I guess that's where a lot of wackiness does come from. Um, Hanging out in the toy store and Homer recreating the famous scene from the movie Big.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Also iconic. This isn't so much wacky, but I think it is quite absurd, is when Lisa's recording her voiceover lines and Krusty comes in and they're like, we've got other dollies that we need to record the lines of today and he's like hey hey number two (laughs) it's crusty and just guns through them like an absolute pro and i think this whole episode for me is an episode of hard truths about lisa thinking she knows what the world is about thinking that her ethics and her values are really good and strong but in practice like she doesn't Mm. really Mm. know what the world is really about until she's you know, confronted with it in quite intense way. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I think the episode, because this part of Lisa like exists in a weird place. And I feel like it's a really good job of the episode to address it is that the way Lisa's character had been evolving up until this point Mm. was very much not the girl who plays with dollies. And so she'd always had the Malibu Stacey obsession. And Mm. I feel like this episode is, yeah, the turning point of that for Lisa where this is, yeah, her giving up her dolls and stuff. And, but I think the episode as well being very self-referential in acknowledging, uh, Lisa, you know, I usually say stand up for what you believe in, but you've been doing <laughs> that an awful lot lately. Yeah. So it acknowledges like the Lisa issues episode had becoming a, a trope up until this point, but also making her evolve and like, yeah, giving up her dolly collection as well. Mm-hmm.
1: Totally.
2: And I was gonna say it speaks well to uh, I forget which I think it's the daddy daughter day episode where she's got a shoebox apartment for Malibu Spacey and it's like, you know, this is where she publishes her weekly feminist newsletter. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's still keeping despite what i have to assume is all the marketing for malibu stacy her vision of it it's still consistent and now she's got the talking version which does not you know conflate with that
1: yeah and it totally breaks her reality of what she's been projecting and i think that's Mm. where the real Mm. pin drop moment comes for her because it does kind of make sense up until that point that she did have dolls because if she's making the dolls Mm. run a un meeting then yeah. <laughs> it is justified, I think. Yeah. But the fact that she hears Malibu Stacy say the first thing she says is, like, don't blame me, I'm just a girl, or forget all your troubles, let's have some strawberry ice cream, mm. that is where the cognitive dissonance comes in. So I thought mm. it was really smartly played.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And seeing her absolutely break when Bart... Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that steps in, uh, That's just what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I don't know if you two knew, but this is actually Mm -hmm. based on a real life thing. Go on. So there was in uh, 1992, there was introduced the Teen Talk Barbie, which a lot of people had a bunch of problems with for similar reasons in this episode. Uh, It wasn't quite as overt, but still Mm -hmm. pretty bad. Uh, Teen Talk Barbie would say things like, will we ever have enough clothes? And let's plan our dream wedding. (laughs) Want to go to shopping? Math class is tough. And, like, all these things and, like, yeah, uh, teachers' councils and parents' groups and stuff, yeah, Mm. largely objected this. And uh, tying into another joke in this episode, a collective group got a bunch of those talking teen Barbie dolls Mm -hmm. and a bunch of talking G.I. Joe dolls and swapped the voice boxes in them and then put them back on the (laughs) store shelves.
1: That is Uh, brilliant. Because I
2: do love the joke in this one. Oh, there's something wrong with what my (laughs) Stacey says. Ah, oh, my Spidey sense is tingling. Anyone call for a web slinger? <laughs>
1: so <laughs> good.
0: But again, like we were saying, these are things that, you know, you didn't have to know prior to the episode to have it work. Uh, the episode, yeah, does such a good job of laying this out.
1: Yeah, I like that it doesn't rely on any knowledge of anything mm. from pop culture, and I think that's where the classic episodes are so strong, is that even if they are referencing a point in time or um, a movie or a book When I was a kid, I learned about a lot of movies and books from The Simpsons, and then I'd read the book and watch the movie Mm -hmm. after, and I'd be like, oh, that's like this Simpsons episode that I watched, and my family would be like, no, you've got it completely (laughs) the wrong way around. You're broken. But I feel like when I watch a lot of the newer ones, when they're referencing stuff, it feels like they're painstakingly trying to inject their version of it, and it just feels quite inauthentic.
0: No, mm. definitely. It's very much like what if Grandpa did Black Swan, and it's like, what are we <laughs> yeah. doing here?
2: Oh, yeah, that's just, uh...
1: it's like the Family Guy effect almost.
0: Yeah. Oh, very much. Like, yeah, I know we've pointed it out in the teens era that there's a de- definitive point where we're like, that's clearly where either the writers are now more influenced by it, or Fox are saying, be more like this other one, or
2: be more like yeah. this Family Guy show. It's making the money, huh?
0: He says, chopping yeah. on his cigar. <laughs> Yep. But Yeah, talking about all this uh, perfectly segues into the heart of the episode. How were the ba-bumps?
1: I really liked it. I thought the generational differences between Lisa as circa 90 third-wave feminist and then mm-hmm. going back to old-school Malibu Stacey and having their heart-to-heart in her house and also both yeah. kind of being on the same page, but, mm. you know, big corporate greed kind of got the better of her vision and yet she's still like this flawed character but still Mm. has this earnestness to help lisa and i thought yeah that worked really nicely for me because lisa could have very well easily gone to malibu stacy's house and pointed the finger and said like you're the problem you're what's Mm. wrong with america you're what's wrong with women today but instead she said, let's do something together and make something better. And I thought that was really sweet.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: I do absolutely. like the the way she gets into the house is playing what the doll says through the intercom and the gates just slide open for the first time ever. It's a nice moment.
0: Well, yeah, as well, because that really highlights the whole, yeah, this is a disillusioned person that had long mm. ago for her own health that stopped caring about it or gets drunk yep. to try and forget caring about it. And yeah, this is the thing that snaps. It's really, yeah, mm. it's really good exploring that.
2: Yeah, and it's at the uh, Recluse Ranch Estates. It's a good little uh, place for him.
0: I miss that. Yeah. And and also the sign gag of uh, the Malibu Stacy Factory is also like a poisonous plastics manufacturer or something.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Petrochemicals. Oh, no. The best one was uh, the Kidstown Toy Store, not affiliated (laughs) with Kidstown Juvenile Correctional Farm.
0: Yeah. Not even a centre, a farm. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, but I think the emotional heart on this one, this is what I like about the Critical Watch, is that in a way, Lisa gets to maintain her uh, integrity, not integrity, but more her optimism of the world because, you know, Stacey LaBelle took the, the hit of the money and Lisa gets to see a tiny bit of change, regardless of how small it is, she did make a difference. So I love that. It's, it's very sweet.
0: Mm, absolutely. But to do with the manufacturer of the dolls, I do have to bring up a, a quick Jordan's anal corner.
2: Uh, Jordan's anal corner. No, the, you know what? I did I haven't screamed it for a good long time. Oh, that feels so much better.
0: Wake up, Peaches' neighbors. <laughs> yeah, uh, Amelia, one of our uh, recurring guests on our show, Jordan, our lovely, lovely friend Jordan. He's mm-hmm. particularly analytically retentive and like notices the smallest flaws and stuff yep. with Simpsons episodes. So we've named this section after him. Uh, uh,
2: I've got one as well. I wonder if we have the same one.
0: <laughs> well, my one was so they got the dolls manufactured. They mm-hmm. got boxes and boxes stacked up in the Simpsons house. Yep. Then they decide what should the name be. Yeah. That yeah. was pretty bad after you did the <laughs> packaging. And also in one shot, you can see on the side of all those boxes is written Lisa Lionheart before they come up with that name.
2: Ooh, nice. I had a different one. You I could had, maybe
0: uh, write it off that Stacey LaBelle always wanted that, but like gave the illusion of choice or something. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I had the one that how does Kent Brockman's daughter already have one before it's been launched? Oh, yeah. 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 True. I mean, she she was right about the Berlin Wall, to be fair. But does that mean she gets all dolls first? I don't know. Maybe now, it's
1: like a media release, you know, how yeah, yeah. journalists will get them. They're like, we really need to send this doll to this journalist's daughter.
0: <laughs> I mean, that it is, worked. Yeah, strategically, yeah. He then dedicated 28 minutes of a news broadcast on a day where the president murdered somebody. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> Just a side note on the... Point in the malibu stacy factory i don't know if anyone picked up on this but Mm -hmm. there was like a weird moment in the video where they called malibu stacy america's favorite eight and a half inches which (laughs) (laughs) was just really awkwardly phrased but also very funny
0: (laughs) uh again we're on a streak of great video tour things in this Mm -hmm. because yeah i love that video as well it's like She wanted to make a doll that was also edible. Kids didn't like the taste of dried (laughs) onion meal. (laughs) Yeah. But ultimately, did this feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Are the characters behaving like themselves? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'd say so.
0: Yeah. Not much really to talk about that
1: because it's (laughs) just like...
2: Well, no, it's Lisa wanting to change the world in whatever way she can and doing that from a surprisingly well. Um, It comes as no surprise to any of the characters that Stacey LaBelle lives in Springfield. Or at least within biking distance of them. Mm. Um, And I love, you know, Grandpa's conclusion on his story of uh, the good Lord lets us get old for a reason to gain the wisdom to find fault with everything he made. (laughs) It's just so good.
0: I was actually, I forgot to bring that up in the heart because I feel like that really solidifies his story is that he's very insecure about his age starting up and he Mm. tries to be something that he's not and then he realizes, Yeah. yeah, he so comes full circle and it's lovely and fun. Funny in all great ways
2: i mean this is a man who once had buzz cola burn his tongue
0: so. <laughs> yeah. yeah i love that to immediately go from ah you're only as old as you feel oh my god this soda kills me
2: <laughs> falling in the grave hey this ain't so bad
0: <laughs> yeah uh the other thing with character integrity as well is to, but realizing hey this episode hasn't been about me <laughs> <It's> yeah literally <laughs> jumping to get attention but yes or no would you watch this episode again yes Hell yeah. For real. And episodes we want to watch again, we want to think about playlists They go in. What playlist would we put Lisa vs. Malibu Stacy in? Uh, mentions of Dr. Colossus. Ah, oh, yes. Put this with who shot Mr. Burns when he tries to escape with his uh, boots. Mm-hmm.
2: That's about it for Dr. Colossus references. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: I'd put it next to the episode where Homer creates the bubble car.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Because it's got a similar through line um, yeah. where... His bro- he meets his brother and he has to create a car and it just goes completely pear shaped.
0: Yeah. Oh, Simpson's trying to invent and, you know, reinv- uh, do something new in the market. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. They're doomed from the yeah.
0: start. <laughs> <laughs> By nature of being a Simpson, everything must reset to zero. What torture. Yep. It's a weird playlist, but like. In the classic era especially, there were a lot of Versus episodes. March mm. versus the monorail. Um, the <laughs> Bard
2: versus Australia.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. We reviewed that one a couple of weeks ago. I think that would be a very good playlist, the Versus one. Yeah. Uh, all right. But, you know, no episode is perfect. Uh, so what would we like to change? Amelia, we'll start with you. Oh, that's a hard one. I'm
1: just trying to think. I don't know. I don't think there's anything I would change necessarily. In Mm -hmm. this one, I thought the ending was justified. I liked all of the character beats. I thought the stakes were real. And yeah, no, I don't think I have anything that that I would personally change now.
0: How about you, BT? Um, I would
2: take Amelia's note and have, when Kent Brockman's daughter walks in to talk about the doll, he turns around and says, I got you that pre-release review copy so you would leave me alone while I work on this story. (laughs) (laughs) Just so it all ties together. Uh, That's what I would change.
0: Yeah, uh, I love watching these. Uh, he would also
2: huh? then he would also then say listen to the Simpsons index and go to
0: <laughs> I did a Side... twenty-eight minute news report on this podcast from Australia, but it's just that damn good.
2: Yep. And then he'll end by saying, go to patreon.com slash studios to support everything they do. Wink to the camera. Um BT
0: with another sneaky plug. yeah <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, revisiting these episodes is an absolute joy because I like feeling dumb. Like, it, <laughs> it makes me sad that I feel like I can watch a New Simpsons and, like, I'm not a writer, but I feel like I could write this better. Mm. And this is like, yeah, I couldn't touch this. This is, like, exquisite. Uh, it's wonderful. Which is probably uh, giving away my rank too early. But anyway, we are here. Amelia, do you have any other notes? Things that happened in this episode you want to mention before we rank it?
1: Oh, I thought I've Was pretty funny at the part where there's a picture of Bart in the newspaper at the Mardi Gras, just looking dead, like stone cold, staring Mm -hmm. into the camera, not really knowing how to deal with it. And I thought that was very funny.
0: You know what? Good on The Simpsons for showing up to. uh, to Yeah. (laughs) That was pretty much it. (laughs) How about you, BT? Do you have any other notes about this episode?
2: when they're introducing matlock they say here's the man that puts young people behind bars where they belong (laughs) that's that's just a great line
0: man but also the thing i found out in my research and i never knew um Mm -hmm. matlock was andy griffith
2: oh really yeah yeah
0: i i had no idea but there we go yeah any other notes
2: Of course. Uh, I do like Grandpa's line of like, I can feel the icy hand of death on my shoulder. Wait, that's mine. Mostly because the previous shots do have him, you know, with his arm on his own shoulder Mm. under his jacket. It works. It's good. I like their attention to detail. Uh, Let's see. Lisa, you're not going to throw red paint, are you? The Keebler people were very upset.
0: I had to look them up because I didn't know, but like Keebler just like make cookies and crackers and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. they're the ones who make (laughs) Cheez-Its.
2: Yeah, they had it coming.
0: (laughs) Those Uh, elves know what they did.
2: Oh, yeah. So one bit I know was cut from syndication, which bothers me, is the Leroy! Yeah, Get your ass into gear! Shut your hole! Yeah. Uh, yeah, just it's weird to see the parts that were cut from our childhood in, intact in these episodes. Uh, you, yeah, you, you stole things from us, Channel 10.
0: <laughs> uh, we're tough. We could have taken it.
2: Exactly. We could have learned the word hole. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like when Stacey Lubell's designing the the new doll, and it's like, uh, "How about my hair? No, how about me? N- yeah. No, how about- you all have hideous hair uh, from a design perspective."
0: Yeah, really good, like uh, self-aware joke for the Simpsons, and like earlier Lisa does. It's like I'd be mortified if there was some you know cheap yeah. product with the Simpsons name on it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, I'll have to call in a favour from Washington. A guy just throws a brick and then leaves. <laughs> like, ah, did you hear anything? <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then uh, our one effort f- to stop this Lisa Lionheart failed miserably.
2: <laughs> uh, so it was like, okay, gentlemen, to lick this Lisa Lionheart problem, we're going to have to stay here all night. Can we get Chinese food? Yes. And then just the rabble behind it is like, oh, well, you do know a good place. and We'll get Chinese food. <laughs> yeah. I just like I like a good little rabble joke where you can hear little bits and pieces. And uh, the final line of Marge, Lisa, Lady, and then when Homer runs <laughs> off, it's like he's spent unknown amount of time with this, per- or his daughter's been hanging out with this woman for probably like a month at least at this point. He doesn't even know who she is. Yeah. It's a good little implication. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, actually, I was watching this episode with my partner in that final bit where, yeah, he just goes back and dives on the piano. She's just like, he's so stupid. <laughs> just, <laughs> to console her, she was like crying over it. <laughs> um, yeah, Grandpa just absolutely kills in this episode. Like, just oh, yeah. so many good lines. Careful, my skull is eggshell thin. And <laughs> Does my you face ever- remind you of the grim specter of death? <laughs> yes. you Ever seen
2: a sandwich that can take a bite out of you? Yes. <laughs>
0: I love that the customer gets it and steals his bit and then he's like oh (laughs) yeah and in that scene as well secret sauce is just mayo left out in the sun Mm -hmm. weird mayo playlist Um, yeah
2: what the hell elliot
0: (laughs) all right yeah i think that's all my notes it is time to rank this thing amelia you can go first this time
1: i think i'm gonna say gold because i laughed a lot and i think it Even though it was very of its time, it has aged well because I think a Mm. lot of the ideas are still relevant today and it's really true to Lisa's character. The plot line, like the core plot line, is really strong and then all of the side gags are equally just as strong and hold their own in of themselves. So, yeah, Mm. I loved it and I'm going to give it a gold.
0: Alright, and just attempt, uh, so we do have the rank above that, the <laughs> Cubic Zirconia, because we say gold's excellent, but like, Cubic Zirconia is essential. Do you think this episode is essential to the Simpsons' experience?
1: Ooh. Actually, yeah, I think I am. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bump her up.
0: Yes. Way to
2: coerce a guest there, Elliot
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, yeah, I'm Cubic as well This is uh, easily one of my favourite episodes Of season 5 I, You know, amazing one-time character in, And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Lisa and Grandpa Absolutely slay uh, BT?
2: This one's a little difficult And it's hard to tell what's like nostalgia goggles Because I did like pre-write mm. so many jokes on this one. So if someone wanted to argue down to like a a gold then I could kind of understand it, it is very hard to be objective on this. But that said, I mean, the fact there's new things to mine out of this one that I never noticed before, I liked the kind of integrity of keeping Lisa's optimism alive. Uh, again, for one-off characters, this is right up there for me. Um, you might even might even get near, like, a Hank Scorpio level of one-off characters.
0: Hmm.
2: <laughs> Not quite, but pretty damn close. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to Cubic Zirconia as well.
0: All right, unanimous Cubic Zirconia! We are giving this episode the Simpsons Index Outstanding Achievement in the Field of Excellence Award. And it will be the 14th episode from season five to get the unanimous cubic. It will be joining Homer's Barbershop Quartet, Cape Fear, Rosebud, Treehouse of Horror 4, Marge on the Lamb, Boy Scouts in the Hood, The Last Temptation of Homer, Stoller Springfield, uh, the casino one, Homer the Vigilante, Mm -hmm. Homer Loves Flanders, Burns' Air, Sweet Seymour Skinner's Badass Song, and The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Nice.
2: Hell yeah. There's your playlist.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, um, with that as well, I've done the math, season five will probably uh, end up being reliably in our second best season as well, just behind season seven. Nice. Getting an average dull cubic zirconia. Wow. Awesome. Well, that about covers it for the Simpsons Index, Uh, but oh wait, no it doesn't. We have Mm. the most important question to ask you, Amelia. Indeed. BT. BT.
2: All right, so we've, we've had a lot of fun here today. We've also talked a lot about sandwiches. Now, Amelia, we like to ask our new guests, if you could have a sandwich named after you, what would be on that sandwich? And if that question is too hard, because indeed this is a very hard question I've sprung on you right at the very end, the, simplify it down to what's the best sandwich?
1: Mm, this is odd because this, this is a Curb Your Enthusiasm joke in a Simpsons Ooh. Index podcast. Do you oh, yeah. watch... Enthusiasm. Yeah, Larry David has his Elliot, own. Elliot, did we steal this bit? You never told me.
0: <laughs> uh, technically, I stole it from uh, uh, Jared Petty's podcast, "Pockets Full of Soup," but that hasn't run for a few years now. But mm-hmm. no, I know what you're talking about because yeah, the Larry David sandwich and the Ted dancing. And he tries to. Yeah. Get, yeah.
1: On that note, I think I'm going to say uh, sable and whitefish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, got to appreciate it for the joke. Uh, do you have an Amelia sandwich though? Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, oof! Probably just like. Oh, actually, no. I I recently watched The Sopranos, so I bought heaps of Gabagoo and I (laughs) I had that the other day with olives and cheese, and it was really good.
2: So I'm going to say that. I don't know what it is, but it sounds fun to say. It's like prosciutto.
1: It's almost like it's really close to prosciutto, but it's a different part of the leg i think so it's like got a different texture but it's really good and you can get it at cole's so oh perfect <laughs> not sponsored
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh just well, uh, we while we're plugging stuff uh this is a portion of the show where we plug stuff uh do you have anything to plug amelia
1: oh i i have an instagram account
0: <laughs> yeah sure
1: <laughs> yeah uh i'm at blurrier underscore irl and uh you can see stand-up comedy stuff there uh like any shows that i'm doing which is none at the moment (laughs) but i usually Ah, post all my gigs there so yeah, that's probably the best bit otherwise i'm not really on the onlines too much
0: Mm. all right and bt what about if other people want to hear what we're doing what where are we doing stuff (laughs) yep well
2: as we plugged earlier you can go to patreon.com slash sidequest studios to see basically the blanket for everything we do this covers the simpsons index our game of thrones podcast thrones of game which is complete now where we watch the entire series backwards and of course, our fiction podcast series, Pulp Fury Radio, where we have an anthology of pulp-based scripts that we did with some actors and some amazing sound effects, and very proud of that work. And I have still, after all this time, really bad at spruiking it. I don't. There's just too many things to cover at once, explaining what it is and what we did with it. But it's very good, and I'm very proud of the work. You can also check it out on PulpFuryRadio.com.
0: Yeah, there we go. Yeah, really proud of that series. Got Facebook notifications actually. That's our like mm-hmm. one year anniversary of oh. uh, releasing all those ones, and um, and yeah, weirdly we've had like a bit of a bump with the jazz noir mm-hmm. for whatever reason. People were downloading it a lot last month. Nice. So, well, yeah, that's I like mean... our detective noir mystery uh, episode. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm proud of all of them, but that might be the best one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, Amelia, thank you so much for joining us for the Simpsons Index. That was a hell of a lot of fun.
1: Oh, thank you. It was so much
0: fun. Mm-hmm. And BT, thank you as always. Ahoy. And I've been your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in the house. I had something I was going to yell and I forgot what it was. <laughs> what <laughs> smells like mustard? <laughs> that was it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Simpsons Index podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. You can chat to us online at Facebook.com slash TheSimpsonsIndex or at SimpsonsIndex on Twitter or Instagram. Now, there's no bonus scenes for this episode, so we'll catch you next week.